What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another Second Down Podcast with your favorite hostess, the hostess with the mostest, Ethan Schultz and Jordan Jeffrey Epp. I finally learned his middle name. Jordan, how you doing today? I'm doing good. He knows my middle name. He just always says the wrong thing over and over and just keeps continuing to do that. We talked about this just a little bit ago. So we currently do not have an intro because we used to do the whole sports jokes. We've retired it. I retired it. He retired it. Jordan's joke was way too bad. We're moving on. And so we're in the middle of a work on our new intro. And so you'll be seeing that very soon. As for today, we got a lot to talk about. And we're going to start off with our players of the week. Then we're going to go on to some different news. And then we're going to tackle the AFC (laughs) over-under predictions for the NFL this upcoming season. Last week, we talked about the NFC, so if you want to know about what we had to say about the NFC, go check out our last episode. But today, we're going to talk about the AFC, and we'll start off with the Player of the Week, MLB Player of the Week, goes to Marcel Ozuna. Tell me about him, Ethan. Hit 12 for 27 over the week. Uh, That's a 4-4-4 average. Seven runs, five home runs, 13 RBIs. Very, very good. 1.642. OPS, great job. Congratulations to him, but you would think the Braves would have cleaned up this uh, this week having a player like that, but they only went four for three, which was very, very... Four and three. Yeah, four and three. I thought you said four for three. Oh, well, okay. They went four and three, and, um, you know, expected a lot better after having the, you know, player of the week on your team, but, I mean, they're still sitting pretty up top on the NL East, and and everything. Just just a tough week, even though a very good performance out of Marcel Ozuna. Um, what about the NBA, Jeff? For the NBA Player of the Week, we got LeBron James. Kind of surprised it took this long to get LeBron James to get a Player of the Week for us, but he almost averaged a triple-double, went 1-1 one and one to start off the second round against the Denver Nuggets. And speaking of which, we will talk about what has been going on in the, ML, in the NBA playoffs. And on Thursday, two days from when we're recording this, this will go live on Wednesday, so the day after we post this, but two days from when we're recording is the start of the NFL season, in oh. which we will start doing our own NFL Player of the Week as well. My gosh, Jordan, I cannot wait. I need football in my life. I've missed NFL football I so much. football in my life. I have never gone this late into the year without football. I need it to come back. And we will be talking... All about the beginning, the week one, everything about it next week. So looking Ex- forward to that. Expect a really heavy NFL uh, episode next week. Mm-hmm. And now let's go ahead and talk about what's been going on in the NBA playoffs. We are currently in the second round in all series so far. So in the West, we got the Houston Rockets versus the LA Lakers. Currently tied one-to-one. Rockets took game one. Lakers t- took game two. It's looking like a really tough series, and I'm really excited about what's going to go on. Uh, LeBron James looks good. Uh, James Harden looks good. Um, Russell Westbrook looks like Russell Westbrook, which could be good or bad. And Anthony Davis had a resurgent game two. Not that he struggled too much in game one, but he kind of dominated in game two. And I don't even know who's going to win the series at this point. Who do you got winning the series? Uh, You know what? I I am praying that the Rockets – upset the Lakers um however I just believe that the small ball will not work against a powerhouse team like the Lakers even though it's kind of working as as of the moment I think the Lakers are going to pull out of this one 
So you, I got Lakers in probably about seven, if I were to guess right yeah, now. I would guess seven right now. And then also out west, we currently have the L.A. Clippers versus the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. So the L.A. Clippers are up two to one now. They won game one, lost game two, won game three. Very good game uh, yesterday. So very Kawhi good. Leonard, Paul George looking very polished. Nikola yep. Jokic almost got player of the week for me, too. He was in consideration. I didn't realize how good of a week he was having, but he's been doing really, really well. And Jamal Murray is still stepping up for the Nuggets, having this amazing playoff run that he's been having, which is exactly what they paid him for because they paid him a lot of money hoping that he would be able to be a second player. And he didn't step up at all during the regular season. He kind of stagnated. But during this playoffs, he's been a whole other monster. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this series? Um... I love that the Denver Nuggets are putting up a fight, but that's all they're doing. They're just going to put up a fight. They're not going to win this series. It's going to be Clippers. It's gonna, I, have, I have a very good feeling it's going to be LA-LA in the Western Conference Finals. How many games do you give it? I'm going to give this one six. I'm going to give it six, too. LA and six. So now out east, this is where the pain starts. Our fellow co-host, Ethan Schultz, is a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Milwaukee is currently down 3-1 to one in the series. They lost their first three games to the Miami Heat. They won game four after Giannis went out and Chris Middleton showed out. But now they're currently playing game five as we speak. No team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in NBA playoff history, which is what the Bucks were slated in after game three. Ladies and gentlemen, I am depressed. I am very, very, very depressed to see my Milwaukee Bucks, who had such great promise, such great talent, such a great year, just lose all momentum going into the bubble. I tried to keep my uh, hopes high. I tried to get past all the bad things that were showing up in these easy games against easy teams, and it could not work. We we were completely exposed this series. It's tough, and it's not over. It's not over till it's over. But Giannis is out. We're relying on Chris Middleton, who is balling. It's, it's tough. It's a tough time to be a Bucks fan. I, I have a feeling we're, we're recording this right as the Heat and Milwaukee Bucks are playing. I have a feeling the Miami Heat are going to win this game. And it's going to be over. It's going to be over. So I assume that you've completely given up and the Heat are – your choice no. to win the series. No, it's not over. It's not over till it's Didn't over. Didn't you just say it was over? It's not over till it's over. But ladies and gentlemen, it is over. All right, so what are you giving the series? I'm giving it, I'm giving it five games. You're thinking it's over tonight? I'm thinking it's over tonight. I think it's over tonight, too. I think it's... <sighs> the, the, the Heat are pretty much guaranteed to win the series at this point because they just need to win one more game. But it's about over, and it might be over tonight. But we won't know. Y'all will know well, when y'all are listening to this. Like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday, and we're going to post it on Wednesday. So y'all will know who won that game. We don't know yet. Yep. So the other series that's going on out east, another very, very good series, Toronto Raptors versus Boston Celtics. I love this series. So the Boston Celtics dominated game one and game two, and then Toronto came out and took game three and game four, which is something you usually see whenever teams are playing in the playoffs. You'll see teams win games in, like, groups of two. But that's because of home court advantage. Because 
one team will play in their home court, win two games. The other team will win two games straight in their home court. That's something that's very common. They're both playing in a neutral side in Orlando, and they each took two games consecutive to one another. And then Boston Celtics came out and dominated again by a wide margin in Game 5. They are currently up 3-2. to two. It is looking like it is about over for the Toronto Raptors, and the Boston Celtics are probably going to take it away. I say Boston in 6. I, I don't. I I want to say Boston, but don't count the Raptors out. Do not count them out. I think they have a good chance of forcing this to seven and winning in game seven. I, I, I'm going to say Boston's going to win this series, but do not count out Toronto, ladies and gentlemen. Never, ever, ever. But let's just take a moment. In your, in your wildest dream at the beginning of this entire playoffs, would you have expected the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in the Easter Conference Finals? Well, I had the Boston Celtics going to the conference finals anyways. But both of them. Uh, I didn't have the heat going. I could, I could see a possibility of it happening. I didn't expect it to happen, though. Because we had an episode where we talked about our predictions and everything. I believe I said that the Heat have huge upset potential because they are one of the most versatile teams in the NBA in terms of what they can provide offensively and defensively. So they're kind of a matchup nightmare for a bunch of teams, especially the Bucks, because they can play this chameleon-style basketball where they blend into whatever style of play that they need. And so I could see a possibility of the Heat making the conference finals. I did not have them making the conference finals, though. I was expecting Bucks versus Celtics. I was expecting Bucks raptors as of, I believe, 90, 90% of them basketball fans mm-hmm. were expecting Bucks raptors well, of course, because they're the number one and two seed. But the three and four, both pulling upsets in round two. Hey, I called the Celtics. It's, it's, it's quite something, you know. Um, it's, it's definitely very entertaining sports-wise, one could say. Anyway, let's move on. All I know is that if the Heat do beat the Bucks, which they pretty much are going to, is that that means that my bracket is officially busted. Yeah. And I didn't get the whole playoffs correct, which I'm going to be a little bit upset about. So if you had to choose right now, what do you slate the finals as? Who do you think are going to make the finals? It's going to be um, it's going to be Lakers Heat. Lakers Heat? Yeah, that's going to be a very, very interesting because LeBron James playing the Heat um, with his new team in L.A., a uh, lot of bad blood, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of rivalry there. Um, so, I think that's gonna be. I I think that's what ESPN and all these other um, major network stations are praying for, because that will definitely get good coverage in the NBA Finals. Personally, I got Celtics versus Clippers in the finals at yeah. this point. Uh, I had the Clippers making the finals all along. <clears throat> But if the Bucks aren't going to make the conference finals, I have the Celtics beating the Heat in the final, uh, in the conference finals. So at this point, I would say it would be a Celtics Clippers. And who would you have winning a Lakers versus Heat final? Um, I would take the I would take the Lakers in that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking the Clippers. So pretty much no surprise there. People are taking one of the two teams from LA to win the finals. So, 
Do you, do you have anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to switch over to the NFL real quick? Let's switch over to the NFL really quick. So we're just going to chop through these real quick. A bunch of new signings. I thought last week we had a ton of signings going on, but even more stuff going on. Leonard Fournette, we talked about him last week, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was an outstanding rookie, rushed for over 1,000 yards. He kind of had a little bit of a decline, had a sort of resurgent year last year, but he had some issues with the management and everything, and he did get cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars, which made him instantly the best running back on the market. There were a lot of teams vying out for him, and the one team that ended up pulling him was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One year, $3.5 million. Not a lot of money, but that's because he is going to a team that is competing right away, which is something that he's never had a chance to really do other than that one fluke season in Jacksonville. So what do you think about this move? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to say the least. Um, I don't know if it truly makes them like a better team. Um, because Tampa Bay starter right now is... Um, they currently will have a rotation of Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy yeah. in conjunction with him. And they said Ronald Jones will start game one. Yeah. But I assume that's because Fournette is going to have to get used to the offense before he can take a major role. So I don't know if Fournette is that piece that truly makes them a better team and a better offense. Um, but, I mean, I like the move. I think know? it makes them more well-rounded. It makes them more well-rounded. Um and I think uh, in the end, it's going to pay off. And then also, Keenan Allen, he's a wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, signs a four-year, 80, about $80 million deal. It's an extension, which makes him the second highest paid wide receiver yep. in the NFL. Yep. We talked about him in our top 10 receivers episode. He is one of the better receivers in the entire NFL, yep. one of the best route runners that the game has ever seen, and he gets a very deserving extension. Deserves every penny. One of the most underrated receivers in the NFL Amen. right now. Yeah. And in addition to that, Deshaun Watson, who we also talked about in our top QBs episode, who is the quarterback for the Houston Texans, signs a four-year $160 million yep. extension, which keeps him with the Houston Texans. And For, what do you think about this? Well, it's very, very obvious that Bill O'Brien and, and the Texans want to keep him there as fast as possible because they didn't want any rumors of their star quarterback ending up with Bill Belichick on the Patriots, as was rumored uh, to happen at the end of the season. He wanted absolutely no speculation going around. Deshaun Watson was his number one priority, and he made it clear with his contract extension. Uh, very good. Again, deserves every single penny. I love Deshaun Watson. Um, he's, he's lost a lot of talent this year, so be expecting for the Texans to drop out of that playoff spot um, and uh, have an off year. Because, uh, I mean, if you, if you lose one of the a top three wide receiver in the league – it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a downfall. You're gonna lose a lot more games without him. Um, so we'll see. But I'm I'm sure every Texans fan with with everything they lost over the off season, they are just so happy to have their franchise quarterback there. Signing him for forty million a year, which makes him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL and one of the highest paid players in NFL history. Next, we got Tre'Davious White, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> One of the most underrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. 
Very, very, very good cornerback. They lock him down with a four-year, $69 million, ha-ha, $70 million deal. It's $70 million if he get if he hits his Pro Bowl incentives. $55 million of it is guaranteed. Tredavious White, very, very good, very, very young. A lot of promise, and he will be dominating the NFL for the next few years with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, uh, just keep an eye on those Bills. You know... The, pa- the Patriots may not be as good as they were last year, um, and the Bills might be coming out of the East. And I really, really like that team, especially locking down Tredavious White long-term. Um, it's it's uh, definitely a, a very beneficial extension for them. Um, and I, I love the Bills coming out of the AFC East over there. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are going to have a very good year this year, I expect. And then... Also, we got Jadevian Clowney going to the Tennessee Titans. Signs a one-year, $12 million deal. He had had rumors that he may go to Cleveland early on. They apparently offered him like record deals, and he declined all of them. This is all reported, by the way. Uh, so I'm not saying it's 100% true. But, um, and then it came out that the Titans and the Saints were in a – feud for him at the very end of when he was trying to decide where he was going to go. And interesting story, the New Orleans Saints, who are a bit cap-strapped right now, they don't have a lot of money, they wouldn't have been able to sign him for the amount of money that the Tennessee Titans signed him for, $12 million, yeah. because they only had $10 million in cap space. So they had an agreement worked out with an anonymous team who sources expect to have been the Cleveland Browns, where he would sign with the Browns for $15 million, $5 million signing bonus so that he would only be owed $10 million throughout the rest of the year. And then they would trade him to the Saints for a second-round pick and a player. And then now they can sign him for $10 million, which just fits the amount that they were able to afford him. But the NFL came out and said that they were not going to approve this deal if it had gone through which it didn't end up actually going through. And uh, reports also came out that the, uh, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens were talking about the exact same thing because they caught wind of what the Saints were doing. Yeah. And that they would have actually beat the Saints to the jump. Yeah. Because Jadevian Clowney had agreements to, he had preferred to go to the Ravens versus the Saints. But once again, the NFL said that that wouldn't work anyways, that they wouldn't allow that kind of deal to happen. Because that would have been the first time that ha- that had ever happened where a player signs with the intention of being traded. Because sign-in trades don't happen in the NFL. That's an NBA thing. So it didn't end up working out. And he goes to the Tennessee Titans, who have a very good defense, very strong defense. They lost Logan Ryan, but they made the AFC playoff, uh, AFC championship game last year, and they're looking to have another dominant year with their running back, Derrick Henry leading the charge. Yep. Now, Josh Rosen, an unfortunate story for him. He was a top QB pick a few years ago to the Arizona Cardinals out of UCLA, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he played all right his rookie year. He showed some promise, wasn't all there. And then they got a top pick again, immediately took Kyler Murray, made him a backup, traded him to the Dolphins, and he – Played a little bit on the Dolphins, looked all right, got put as a backup to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he got cut by the Dolphins, now signs to the practice squad in Tampa Bay, 
hoping to become a backup role. It's, it's just a very, very tragic story of Josh Rosen. The 10th the overall pick, a um, lot of potential, just three different teams, three different years. Um, he played on a very, very bad Cardinals team where the coach got fired immediately after uh, the season. He went to the Dolphins where he had to compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he couldn't compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, and now he's on the practice squad for Tampa Bay. So I hope he can learn something behind Tom Brady um, and, and get his game up and eventually find uh, a real roster spot. Um, but, yeah, for now, he will be on uh, Tampa Bay's practice squad. Now, something very interesting that also happened was Adrian Peterson was cut by the Washington uh, football team. I did skip over that. Whoops. <laughs> he was cut by the Washington football team, and he signed with the Lions. Now, uh, Adrian Peterson, of course, being famous as a Minnesota Viking, setting all types of records over there, absolutely tearing up the NFC North, went to the NFC East for a bit, and now is back in the NFC North. Um, it, it, all, it, it doesn't have the same amount of mood as Brett Favre going out of the NFC North and coming back in as a Viking. Um, but it's going to be really, really awkward for a lot of Vikings fans to see Adrian Peterson in a Lions uniform, which they play twice a year. Um, but I like this move for him. He's, he's not going to be the starter over there, but he will still get a good amount of touches. And uh, he can still, you know, produce in the NFL. And so I like this a lot. Uh, something else that I, I, I really like is DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I want to I tackle Adrian Peterson real quick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so obviously dominated with the Vikings, went to the Saints for a little bit, then the Cardinals, Washington. Now he's on Detroit. He'll be in a backfield with rookie running back DeAndre Swift, as well as uh, not really Carry a veteran, Johnson. but, yeah, he's been there for a few years. Carry on Johnson out of Auburn. There'll be kind of this rotation of running backs, which I think is good for him because because he's getting up there in age it's good that he can go to a place where he can kind of be in a stable of running backs instead of being the staple running back. Yeah. And interesting thing to note is that even though he's only there for a, sh- a real small one-year deal, it's that uh, he has the opportunity to pass Barry Sanders on the all-time rushing list. Yeah. Barry Sanders played for the Detroit Lions and Adrian Peterson now going to the Detroit Lions. Very Now about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, two-year, $54.5 million, highest-paid non-QB ever in terms of dollars per year. Um, it, it, it is an insane contract. $54.5 million over two years. That is, that is just uh, absolutely unheard of. Um, of course, not saying he doesn't deserve it. He is arguably the best uh, wide receiver in uh, the NFL, but um, very, very good um, extension for the Cardinals, at least locking them down for two more years um, as a Arizona Cardinal. In my opinion, the third best receiver in the entire league. He is going to be paired alongside second-year quarterback Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, and they're expecting big things in Arizona trying to have a very good year, especially having a better year than they had last year where they showed a lot of promise. Although Cliff Kingsbury really does look like instead of adapting to the NFL, he's just bringing Texas Tech to the NFL. Yeah. So 
Um, another deal that went on, Cameron Hayward received an extension from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four years, $71.4 million. Um, I think I saw a stat that said that he became the highest paid defensive player ever over the age of 30. Very dominant even at his age. I didn't even know he was that old because he's just that good. Um, He's been great for the Steelers for multiple years, and he got a lot of money for it. And I'm excited to see what that Steelers defense can do. One of the best defenses in the entire NFL last year. Incredible defense that they have going on there. Him, Minka, uh, everybody on that defense. T.J. Watt. Yeah, of course, T.J. Watt uh, on Wisconsin. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, just an incredible defense what they're building up over there to to try to support that offense and an aging Ben Roethlisberger. Um, uh, We'll see what the Steelers can do this year. I know a lot of people are expecting a lot. Um, I'm not expecting too much, but, you know – no one, no one knows until it happens. So uh, finally, our last extension is Kareem Hunt. Why don't you take this one? Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't really care for Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Kind of kicked a woman in a hotel. Exactly. If you don't know about it, look it up or don't. It doesn't matter. It's Kareem Hunt. Two years, $13 million. Doesn't deserve much he's, of it. He's a backup for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he is expected to do a lot of work in the slot this year. So he's going to have an expanded role. So that's definitely why they gave him uh, an extension because they want to really incorporate him in the offense, not just have him as a backup running back. Yep. So that's about all I want to talk about that. If there's anything else you want to add? Nope. All right, and now let's move on to our over-under predictions for the AFC. So we are looking at betting odds for (laughs) over-under where we will say whether they will have over a certain number of wins or under a certain number of wins. These are betting odds that were placed and we'll start off in the AFC North. We got the Baltimore Ravens. They are currently slated at about 11 and a half wins. Where are you putting them over or under? I'm, I'm setting them at 11 wins exactly. So I'm going to hit the under on this, but I could see it 11. I could see it as 12. Either one of those two. Um, I love this Baltimore Ravens team. They just lost, um, uh, why am I blanking? Earl Thomas. Name? Earl Thomas, which their is a safety. very good safety. So that defense took a little bit of a hit, but their defense is so good, I'm sure they're going to be able to fill that hole um, in their defense. Uh, putting they, them at 11, uh, 11 wins, hitting the under. They lost Earl Thomas. They traded for Calais Campbell. Puts another staple on their defensive line. They drafted Patrick Queen, very good linebacker out of LSU. They have the easiest schedule in terms of strength of schedule in the entire NFL. I'm putting them at at least 13 wins. Okay. I'm in the over on that one. Okay. Now, Cincinnati Bengals, they are put at five and a half wins. They had two wins last year. They draft Joe Burrow, Antti Higgins, and they extend Joe Mixon. They're getting A.J. Green back. Where are you putting the Cincinnati Bengals this year? Uh... I want to hit this over so badly because I believe in Joe Burrow. I, I, I believe in Joe Burrow. He's going to come in. He's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I know it. I have that feeling. But six wins coming off of a two-win um, year, I don't know. I'm, I'm hitting the under at five wins, uh, just, like, just like I did with the Baltimore Ravens. I want to say five wins exactly. So I'm, I'm hitting the under, but I could see it at six. As good as Joe Burrow could be, even good rookie quarterbacks don't necessarily mean the team's going team's to win a win. lot. Yep. And especially if your baseline is two wins and you were playing with a 
good NFL quarterback in Andy Dalton last year. Not saying he's, you know, a top 10 quarterback, but he's a very solid NFL quarterback, and he still only managed to hit two wins. Just if you're expecting them to triple their wins over <laughs> one offseason in that regard, I just don't think they have the capacity to do it. I'm putting them at about four and a half wins. I'm hitting the under. Now, also in the AFC North, a team that was disappointing last season only managed to pull off six wins, the Cleveland Browns. No, no significant offseason moves, really. They drafted tackle Jedrick Wills, and they got safety Grant Delpit, who unfortunately went down with an injury. Um, they signed Austin Hooper because tight end David Yoku has been a bit disappointing. Uh, they also pulled Minnesota offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, and they hired... Uh, were you trying to... Yeah, well, no. Keep going. Mm-hmm. They also uh, pulled Andrew Barry at GM, who's been helping establish a new culture alongside Kevin Stefanski. What are you expecting from the Cleveland Browns this year? Well, um, I like the move of Kevin Stefanski. I like what he did in Minnesota. Um, if you can... if. If you're good enough to uh, have Kirk Cousins put up good numbers, then you're, you're going to be a great NFL coach. So um, I'm actually going to hit this over at nine wins. Um, I think the Browns are going to surprise a lot of people, and um, I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Uh, hopefully Baker gets out of that little uh, sophomore slump he had last year. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Browns at nine wins getting that playoff wild card and making a lot of lot of Clevelanders happy. Yeah, I think Cleveland hits about nine wins as well. I'm going to go for the over. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the under, but if I had to bet, I'm going with the over. I think last year was a very disappointing year, but they had a very, very bad head coach in Freddie Kitchens. You get the upgrade in Kevin Stefanski, and he's going to want to pass the ball. And that is something that Cleveland can do because they have uh, Baker Mayfield. They have Jarvis Landry. They now have Austin Hooper and David Njoku. They have Odell Beckham. Um, they have a very good roster. And don't even get me started on how good Nick Chubb is at running back. I think they got a lot of promise this year. So I got the Cleveland Browns hitting at about nine wins. Now Pittsburgh Steelers, we mentioned them a second ago. Uh, signing Cameron Hayward to an extension. They get back Ben Roethlisberger, who was gone all last season. James Conner was injured throughout the season. Juju Smith-Schuster was injured throughout the season. Uh, They had a good draft. They got Chase Claypool at wide receiver. Um, What do you expect from them slated at nine and a half wins? Um, This is a really tough one. It it all depends on how Ben Roethlisberger comes back. But I think he's going to be coming back a little shaky, in my opinion. I'm going to hit the under here about eight and nine wins. They had eight wins last season with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, who had a broken skull uh, throughout the season. Basically, they got eight wins off of just their defense and Mike Tomlin's coaching. I think that they can hit nine and a half wins. I think I got them probably at about 11 wins this season. I'm expecting uh, bigger things from the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Now, AFC East... Uh, we mentioned Buffalo Bills earlier. Extended Tredavious White. They drafted Zach Moss at running back. Uh, they drafted defensive end A.J. Epinesa, uh, and they traded for Stephon Diggs, who is going to help spark their offense a little bit. They still got John Brown. They got Josh Allen, who is Ethan's favorite quarterback. Amen. Um, 
What, what are you expecting from them? Ten, ten wins last season, over-under listed at nine. Expecting big things, 10 or 11 wins, I'm hammering this over. Yeah, they're, I got... They're taking, they're taking this uh, AFC East. I got over at 11-ish wins. Uh, I think their offense is going to be a little bit rejuvenated. I'm expecting Josh Allen to have a hopefully better year than last year. Yeah. I think that he can I improve. I think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also, Miami Dolphins. They had five wins last season. They are put at six and a half wins. Signed Jordan Howard, signed Matt Breida, signed Calvin Noy at linebacker, Byron Jones at corner. They drafted quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, drafted tackle Austin Jackson, and cornerback Noah Igbenogane. They get Xavier Howard back from injury. What are you expecting from this team at about six and a half wins? Um, I'm going to hit the under on, uh, on the Dolphins. Just because I'm not a big fan of Brian Flores. Um, I, I don't really like how he works as a coach, uh, gets put in different situations, how he handles them. <clears throat> um, I, Tua is, have they said he's going to be available week one yet? Fitzpatrick starting week one. So Fitzpatrick starting uh, week one. Tua's going to be sitting at first. Um, so, you know, Seven wins is a little high for me on this Miami Dolphins team. I'm going to slate them around six or five wins, so I'm going to hit this under. Yeah, I think they had a really good offseason, lots of moves, great draft. I think they definitely, uh, they definitely improved from last season, but I think part of the issue is that they had five wins last season, but that felt like their ceiling. I felt yeah. like they overperformed last season. So <laughs> if you take into account how many wins they probably should have had, yeah, and then factor in the improvements. I think they only hit about five to six wins this season. I just don't think it's quite their time yet, unlike the Buffalo Bills where it's finally their time. I don't think it's the Dolphins' time yet. I'm going to hit the under on the six-and-a-half win mark. Now, New England Patriots, nine wins is what they're slated at. What are you expecting from this New England team? The New England Patriots team are either going to go all out and win 13 and tw- or 12 games or they're going to do terrible and win five or six, maybe four. There's, I really don't see any middle ground for this New England Patriots. It's the, this Cam Newton move is either going to be a major success or a complete failure. And I'm going to lean on what my gut says right now as complete failure. I'm putting the New England uh, Patriots at six wins. Um, I'm also hitting the under. I think they get about eight wins, though. I do think they're going to be like right in the middle of the pack. Um, they lost Tom Brady in free agency. They lost Jamie Collins in free agency. Ted Karras, Elaine and Roberts, Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy. They lost Deron Harmon, their safety in a trade. They released their kicker, Stefan Goskowski, and released their receiver, Mohamed Sanu. Um, and they had a bunch of players opt out, like Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, and Matt Lacoste. They did sign Cam Newton, who's going to be interesting, but... Uh, Bill Belichick, I think, is the main reason that they do anything at all. I still hit them at about eight wins regardless. They had 12 wins last season, uh, and I think they dropped down to about eight. So I'm going under. Now, the New York Jets, they are put at seven wins. What are you expecting from this team? They lost a big piece in Jamal Adams, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't count this Jets team out. Sam Darnold was injured for four games last year, and they still uh, 
I believe if, if Sam Darnold would have been healthy that entire year, they would have gotten to seven, ga- uh, seven games. They I, won seven. Or they, they got seven. I think they would have gotten past seven games uh, to that eight and eight mark. Um, so I, I'm actually putting the Jets here at, at eight wins or nine wins. I'm going to hit this over here. Uh, the Jets over the offseason lost Robbie Anderson, signed Frank Gore. They had a good draft. They got Mekhi Becton uh, at the offensive line. Denzel Mims as a wide receiver. Ashton Davis at safety. LaMichael P. Ryan as sort of a wide receiver slash halfback type player. And they got Gigum, Braden Mann, best punter to ever grace the NCAA. Amen. They drafted him at the bottom of the draft. Um and I think with a full year of play with Sam Darnold, after a kind of semi-promising year, they look to have a better year than last year. But that seven-win mark that they had last year, once again, just like the Dolphins, felt like they overperformed. It felt like that was their ceiling. I don't know if they hit the seven wins again. I think they're a little. I think they're going to be a bit of a letdown, and I think that this might be Darnold's last year really being seen as the face of the franchise, and they might move really? on. I think, I think it might be about time to move on from Darnold. Wow. I think they're going to have a bad year, and it's just going to be a new age for the New York Jets. Wow, I, okay. Um, so let's move on to the AFC West now. Part of it, too, their head coach um, right now did not draft uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. So if... They have a bad year. I can see them just saying, hey, I'm, this is my regime. I'm going to put my players around this team. Yeah. I'm not going to keep these players I inherited. Yeah. So they might move on from a Sam Darnold. They might move on from a Le'Veon Bell, who they've tried to move away because, once again, he wasn't in charge. Adam Gase didn't sign Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. So moving out to the AFC Weston, Denver Broncos, seven and a half wins. They had seven wins last season. What are you expecting? Um, oh, I really like what the Denver Broncos are trying for on offense. They want to match the speed of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I really, really like that speed on that offense. I really like that Melvin Gordon pickup um, and Phillip Lindsay working together. I think that's going to be a really good rotation for them. I'm still not sold on Drew Locke. I know a lot of people are saying he's really, 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 really underrated. Um, but I'm still not completely sold on Drew Locke. So seven and a half wins. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the under just barely, like I did for most of the teams in the AFC North. I'm gonna hit at seven wins, but I could very well see them going at eight wins. So they lost Chris Harris Jr. Uh, and Derek Wolf on their defense. They signed Graham Glasgow at the offensive line, got Melvin Gorin to pair alongside Philip Lindsay, and they drafted a pair oh. of receive huh? I just got this notification. Go ahead. Miller suffers quote-unquote freak injury, according to ESPN. Von Miller might have suffered a season-ending ankle injury in practice. So, I just wanted to tell you that before you made your decision, because I just made mine. Mm -hmm. So, it looks like Von Miller may not be a part of the uh, Broncos for this season. Due to injury. Von Miller, outside linebacker for the Denver Broncos, the team we just so happen to be talking Talk about. about right now. I just um, got the buzz. They drafted a pair of receivers in Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. They have a revamped offense. 
Um, the defense, I think, is going to have a comeback season from last year where they were a little bit disappointing. Might be a little bit harder now, now that Von Miller is gone. But they still got good pieces on that defense regardless, um, especially their safety, Simmons. Um, if I, I, I don't really know what to expect from this team in the first place because uh, they're kind of a wild card right now. Like, Because yeah. they have a quarterback who looked good last season in a small sample size but we don't really know what to expect from him and everything else. I think they can go like around six to nine wins or so. They're slated at seven and a half if I had to bet. Even before knowing about the Von Miller situation, I would have bet the under, but I'm going the under even more so now because of Von Miller. Now, their rival, as aforementioned, Kansas City Chiefs, who... They are hoping to match offensively. Shout out Patrick Mahomes. Shout out Patrick Mahomes. We do it every episode. Um, they had a little bit of movement on defense, but not much. They pretty much returned all the same players. Uh, Lauren Duvernay-Tardif from the offensive line uh, opted out to go use his medical degree to um, help patients in Canada yeah. over the corona situation. So shout out him too. Um they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who people expect to become like a literal god this season for <laughs> some reason. Like I'm I mean, I'm expecting good things from him, but I don't understand why everyone expects him to be like the best running back in the entire league yeah. in his first year. Like the hype is insane. Well, they just saw what Kareem Hunt was able to do in that Kansas City offense, and they're thinking, well, if Kareem Hunt could do that the way he's performing on the Browns right now. Anybody who steps into that role, uh, especially with this amount of talent, is going to be able to fill that role that Kareem Hunt did. And so I'm, I'm thinking they're thinking it's a Kareem Hunt 2.0 coming in here in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So Kansas City Chiefs, oh, I just dropped my phone. Kansas City Chiefs uh, put at 11 and a half wins. What are you expecting from this team? I'm hitting the over on this one. It's going to be another great season. Um, knock on wood, unless. Patrick Mahomes gets injured. Notice how I'm still knocking. Unless Patrick Mahomes gets injured, I don't see them falling under 12 wins. This is just too good of a team. Not the best division in the world. Definitely not, definitely not a bad division, but not the best division in the world. They should be able to get six wins off of this division alone um, with, uh, with uh, you know, three or four... Uh, games where where they just choke because they're obviously the best team in the NFL. So um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put them on the over there. Former Super Bowl champions. I think definitely 12 wins is the minimum that this team can pull off. Yeah. Um, so I'm hitting the over on it as well. I agree. This is a very good division. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs by far and away better than the other three teams, but the other three teams feel like they are all going to be competing for that wild card spot. Yeah. Like, they legitimately have three wildcard contenders. They're all going to be hitting around that 8-8-ish eight and eight -ish mark yeah. well, at the end of the season, I think. Every team other than Kansas City uh, Chiefs in the AFC West are slotted at 7.5 wins. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so moving on to that, Las Vegas Raiders. First year in Vegas. First year in Vegas, brand new stadium. Not going to be able to fill it up all the way. But brand new stadium right off the strip, most beautiful thing in the world. If you guys have ever, if you guys have been to Vegas in the past couple of uh, years, watching them build this stadium, it it looks terrific. 
It look it's the future of stadiums. It's absolutely gorgeous. I cannot wait for the next time I'm in Vegas to go and tour the stadium because it just looks amazing. Um, great practice facility too in Henderson, Nevada. I don't know if you saw that, but their practice facility in Henderson, Nevada is absolutely beautiful. Not as beautiful as the stadium, of course, but just so many indoor fields, great locker rooms, um, great amenities, snacks, everything. It looks amazing. Everything about their facilities are great. They're definitely set up uh, facilities-wise to win um, the Super Bowl. But players-wise, why don't you go through who they won and lost? So they signed Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, Malik Collins, Jeff Heath, Nick Kwiatkowski to help revamp the defense. Part of the issue is that Gruden is trying to, as I mentioned with the Jets, where the head coach is hopefully probably I'm not hopefully is probably going to try to establish his own regime. Mm-hmm. That is what Gruden is hoping to do in Las Vegas. Um, he's already moved to Vegas from Oakland, got out of that dumpster fire of a stadium that they had before mm-hmm. that had the ugly mounds still on the field whenever they were still playing football games. Yeah. Um, he obviously traded away good players such as Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, and people look at that and say, why would you do that? Once again, regime. He wants to establish his own culture, his own players. Um, so he got a bunch of defensive players. He did lose a very good uh, linebacker in Tahir Whitehead, who had a ton of tackles last season. Drafted Henry Ruggs, fastest receiver probably in the draft. Uh, the Raiders love to reach on fast receivers. They got Damon Arnett, a cornerback, who was also kind of a reach, but still a very good pickup. They got a revamped offense and defense, uh, seven and a half wins. Where are you putting them this year? I am going to put them at the over on nine wins. They're going to be a niner, nine and seven, and I think they clinched one of those wild card spots. Last year, they had a very good start to the season. People thought, will they give the Chiefs a run for their money? And then they had a terrible second half of the season. I think that they pick it up this season with a bunch of new pieces. And I think they're more reflective of the first half of the season that that they had. I think that they hit the over. But out of every single team that we've gone through, this is the team I'm most shaky about on whether or not they'll be over or under. Because I literally feel like they're at seven to eight wins. Yeah. I feel like they're right there. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers... They drafted Justin Herbert. Yeah. That's the big move that they made over the offseason. Uh, they lost a couple pieces, such as Chris Harris Jr. I'm sorry, they got Chris Harris Jr. Um, they are looking to just have a better year. They lost Melvin Gordon. Um, they're running Tyrod Taylor as their starting QB. They got Austin Eckler now at running back. Um, they had Mike Williams, who got injured, but they got Keenan Allen, who got his extension. They're getting pieces back on defense, but they had their safety get injured. Derwin James, who we talked about in the previous episode, he's going to be out for the whole season. Um, kind of, it's kind of a weird expectation for this team. What do you think that they're going to get at seven and a half wins? This they had is, five last year, by the way. This is the easiest one I've had to come to a decision on yet. <clears throat> Chargers are not getting seven wins. They're, they're going to be slotted around four or five. Um, I don't like Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. He's very, very under-mediocre in my opinion. And you can't throw Justin Herbert in there yet because Justin Herbert needs to sit and learn before he can be an NFL quarterback. He's not one of those guys you can just throw into an NFL situation right now and, and expect him to be ready and, and, and step up to be a, 
a, a starter's um, uh, skill. Um, they, they lost Melvin Gordon. Um, even though people were arguing Austin Eckler this, Austin Eckler that, I still think Melvin Gordon was the best running back on that team, and I think that is a major, major loss for the Chargers. So easiest uh, under I have had to place yet, four or five wins. Uh, I probably have. I think I'm probably a little bit higher on them. I have them at about six-ish wins. Um, we had this kind of disparity too. I, in our first episode, we talked about the uh, expectations for the last place teams from every single division. I think I was higher on the Chargers that episode than you were. Yeah. So this isn't anything too different. But I think they can hit about six-ish. But I'm going under as well. Yeah. Now moving on to our last division, AFC South. Houston Texans just extended Deshaun Watson. They traded away DeAndre Hopkins. <clears throat> they got Brandon Cooks at wide receiver now instead. And they also have, um, I'm blanking on his name, former receiver Kenny for... Kenny Stills. Bo- nope. Well, they do have Kenny Stills, but former receiver for both of our teams. Oh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. They got Randall Cobb over there now, too. They lost defensive tackle DJ Reader. Um, they are looking to have a season where they can hopefully make the playoffs again they were a little bit disappointing last year in the playoffs when they blew a lead to the kansas city chiefs um they are put at seven and a half wins though this year they had 10 wins last season interestingly despite having 10 wins last season they have the second high uh, sorry the second lowest the third highest over under in this division they are expected to get third according to vegas this year in this division what are you expecting from them um, I'm, I'm not high on the Texans this year. I'm not high on Bill O'Brien. Um, I think it's going to be an off year for them. I think, I'm thinking six or seven wins. It's going to be very, very, very disappointing. Deshaun Watson is going to get very upset. Um, however, he is making bank now, so I'm sure he won't be too, too angry with it. Um, but they, lo- they lost a lot of key pieces on that team. And you can tell me I'm wrong, but Brandon Cooks doesn't even compare to what DeAndre Hopkins has to offer on a football team. I wouldn't argue that. <laughs> and, like, um, it- it's just they lost a lot of talent. Even though their wide receiver core isn't the worst right now, it's, it's just it-, it-, it isn't what it was. And what it was was amazing. And they needed that amazing wide receiver core to help still a young quarterback into Sean Watson. Um, so yeah, I'm putting them at seven or six games. So Houston Texans, like I said, seven and a half wins. I think they can hit about 500. I think I would hit the over on it. I'm not too confident on that one, but I think they can be about a 500 team. They are not going to be what they were last year though, by any means. Now the Indianapolis Colts, seven wins for them last season. They are now put at nine wins. They drafted a running back named Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, and he's in a rotation now with other very good running backs, Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Um, They are getting T.Y. Hilton back, who was injured pretty much all of last season. Um, They got DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers on their defensive line. They are hoping to be able to have a better year this season. Oh, and I didn't even mention, they got Phillip Rivers at quarterback instead of... um, once again, blanking on his name. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, too. The quarterback who used to play for Patriots. the Patriots. Well, regardless. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, he, Philip Rivers, is slated to be the starting quarterback this season, so they're hoping he does better, him and all 25 of his kids. What are you expecting from the Indianapolis Colts? Any team 
led by uh, old Philip Rivers um, at quarterback is not getting over eight wins. They're getting seven, maybe six. This was a very, very, very high, <clears throat> high, high, high Vegas odds. Um, nine wins just seems like their ceiling, in my opinion. Even though Jonathan Taylor is, in my opinion, the best running back in this draft, I don't care what anybody says, he is amazing. Going to be a very, very bright future for the Indianapolis Colts. But as long as you got Phillip Rivers at quarterback, you're not winning games. I'm sorry. Uh, they missed the wild card. They missed the playoffs. I'm putting them at seven wins. Now, two years ago, Phillip Rivers did have well over eight wins. With that Chargers team. Yeah. It was a very good Chargers team. I believe they had around like 12-ish wins that year. Yeah. Melvin Gordon was in his prime. Mm-hmm. So Indianapolis Colts, nine wins. It's hard for me to imagine them hitting 10 wins. I, I can't really see them getting a 10-6 season. Yeah. So I'm going to go under on that as well. I hate that the over-under is at nine wins. So you have to go over or under that. Yeah. But I'd bank more so on the under. Jacksonville Jaguars, four and a half wins for them this season. They traded away Yannick Ngakwe. They traded away um, – well, they didn't trade away Leonard Fournette. They got rid of Leonard Fournette. They traded away Calais Campbell. They got rid of all of their backup quarterbacks going all in on Garner Minshew. They have pretty much no defense, pretty much no offense. I don't even know what their future really is uh, at this point. They are put at four and a half wins, if I didn't already say that. What are you expecting from this Jacksonville team? Hitting the under. They're going to be the first overall pick in the 2021 draft. I'm going to put them at two, maybe three wins. Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, it's crazy that you can hit the under on four and a half wins. Yeah. And, like, be confident about it. Yeah. But I'm going under. Four and a half wins. It, like, I don't, I don't really see them doing that. I don't either. I think Garner Minshew has a good year. I think Garner Minshew surprises people. But I don't think his style of play can overcome the deficits of his team. Yep. I think it takes a special quarterback to be able to do that. And Garner Minshew just isn't that guy. Yeah. I still think he'll have a relatively successful year, though. Um, they're going all in on Minshew. And what that means is they're saying, hey, it's either he is our future. Or Trevor Lawrence. Or he's bad and we get a new future. Yeah. So they're banking all on him. And it's a boomer bust for them. Uh, yeah, they probably get like two to three wins. They're going to get the number one overall At pick this season. At least they don't have to worry about fans not coming to their games because of limited capacity anyways. They never had fans going to their games exactly. unless they were in London. Yeah. Now, the last team that we're going to talk about, Tennessee Titans, nine wins for them last season, eight and a half wins is what they are expected at. What are you giving them? Over, under, eight and a half. I am, I am giving them the over only – because, A, this division is just almost laughable. <clears throat> it's almost laughable. Um, it's, not, it's not the NFC East, but it's almost laughable. Um, and then, um, if Derrick Henry can stay healthy... That's me knocking, ladies and gentlemen. If Derrick Henry can stay healthy and he can take, like, 40 hits a game... Um, then, yeah, this team's going to get the over. They're going to win this division. I've got them at 10 wins. I think this team's on, uh, this division is worse than the NFC East because I think the NFC East has two quality teams and two of the worst teams in the NFL. If you can call the Cowboys a quality team. They're a quality team. Um, now, this division has th- 
three teams that will be competing for the wild card, but not in the same capacity that the Raiders, Chargers, Broncos are competing, where they're actually legitimate teams. I mean that the Texans, Colts, and Titans are going to be competing for who's the worst team that is slightly good enough to win the division. So I think the Titans will be that best team there. Um, Obviously, their season last year was a tale of two stories. They had the start of the season with Marcus Mariota, who's now in Las Vegas, and they switched over to Ryan Tannehill, and then they started to see some success. Now, I don't really think that that success is indicative of what Ryan Tannehill really brings to the table. I don't think he means automatic wins, but I think they can have a very solid season. Um, They had nine wins last season. I think they can hit at least nine wins again, but I'm not putting them over 11. It's going to be like nine, ten-ish wins for them this year. So that's about all we have today. So let's just ask real quick, are there any over-unders that you are definitely hitting if you were having to bet? I am definitely 1,000% sure that Indianapolis Colts will not hit nine games. I am definitely 1,000% sure that the Los Angeles Chargers will not hit eight games. Those are my two biggest ones. Now, my biggest ones, I think I kind of did a similar thing last week when we talked about the NFC teams, but the two best teams, the Ravens and the Chiefs, I think they definitely over... Oh, they, they they hit the over on there. I think the Baltimore Ravens can hit at least 11 and a half wins. And I think that the Kansas City Chiefs can manage to hit at least 11 and a half wins. I think those teams are insanely good. Now, that's about all we have to talk about today. Yep. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter or Instagram at second down pod to ND down pod. Uh, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever anchor. system anchor whatever system you're listening to us on make sure you give us a follow or subscribe or whatever the button is there if you can rate us rate us five stars this <clears throat> helps us to reach out to more people yep. more people can see us more exposure and more exposure means i'm happy and yep. i think you want me to be happy right exactly would you want me to be sad would you no that's rude Exactly. How would you think that? Yeah. But in all honesty, guys, it's a lot of work that uh, I know Jordan uh, Jordan d- puts so much work into these. I put a lot of work into these. Um, and, you know, it, it's our futures. We're, we're, really, we're really looking to, to continue our careers in, in some sort of podcast and everything. So it's definitely every, every piece, uh, every, every second we put into these podcasts is definitely worth it. Um, but we also love your feedback. Um, just, just tell us, hey, you're doing great, or hey, maybe you can do this, maybe you can fix this. We'll take all considerations. You ever want a question that we want, uh, we'll answer on the podcast, we'll shout you out, no worries. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So like Jordan said, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, everything, ex- uh, uh, expand the brand. And um, yeah, that's pretty Ooh, much all I Expand the say. brand, I like that. Expand the brand. Expand the brand. And I think that's about all we got for you. Have a great day. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we are out.